Hey everyone, welcome back to Big Ideas Small Business. This is an unfiltered educational and inspirational look at the ins and outs of starting, running, and owning a small business. Mixed in with a few short stories, a lot of sarcasm, and some real world experience from fellow business owners. This episode, we have Vitali Buford, who is an executive business coach and a fabulous human who's going to share with us about perfection and perfectionism and not waiting until the, quote, perfect moment to start your business. Stay tuned. This is Big Ideas, Small Business. Thanks everyone for joining us. This is Big Ideas, Small Business, and I'm so excited. We have Vitaly here with us, who has become a good friend of mine, but is super connected in the community and has built what is becoming an empire in her field. And I'm really excited to have her joining us today and to talk about perfectionism and imperfectionism when starting a business. So when I first started, I had this constant thought of, you know, how do I know when it's time to make the leap? How do I know when I should just go for it? What needs to be perfect before we launch this thing into the universe? Uh, and Vitaly is the master of perfectionism. So thanks for joining us today and for giving us some wisdom nuggets and for sharing your time. Yeah, I'm excited to be here, Kaylin. Thanks for inviting me. So first and foremost, tell us, I mean, I already said who you are, but tell us who you are and what you do and all those good details. Yeah, so I am an executive coach, a speaker, trainer, and author. And what I focus on primarily is perfectionism and helping individuals and organizations overcome perfectionism and working with companies to help change culture from a culture of perfectionism to a culture of excellence. And so I focus on all things perfectionism and how you overcome it and how you really um, you know, serve as your best self, best leader, and um, achieve all of your dreams because anything is possible. However, perfectionism gets in the way. Yeah. So I always like to know, um, mostly because I tell my story often, but I know that other business owners that are listening in like to know how people got into this. You know, is it something that you always knew you wanted to do? Um, you have a book out that we'll talk about later, but I know that you referenced some from some former jobs in that book that you had. So talk to us about your background. You know, did you go to school for this? How did you come to be an executive coach and have your own business? You know, is it something you were interested in? How did that yeah. work? Yeah, a little bit about my story, but also I never thought I was going to be an entrepreneur. My mother owned a business. I watched her own a business and it looked like no fun. And so I always said my entire life, I was like, I will never own a business. So I went to the University of Georgia and I graduated with a public relations degree, moved to Kentucky, worked at a PR firm, and then major, made a major transition into the legal industry and led their marketing and business development partner uh, departments for almost nine years. And after nine years, I was like, you know what? I wanna make a career change. If I stay in the legal industry too much longer, um, I feel like I'll be pigeonholed. And so, you know, I wanna be the COO of a business. I didn't know, you know, what the big picture was, but I knew like the next inkling, which I think is a big deal, right? We're always looking for what that final destination is, but really it's about that next step. And I was like, you know what? I wanna be the COO of a company. So what skills do I need to learn? And I was like, okay, I've learned a lot, a lot of culture change. I was like, but I wanna specifically learn more about HR and finance. And I was like, finance is the least fun, so I'm gonna learn HR. So I became the director and HR director of a company 
and then started leading and coaching the executive team and talked to the owners of the company. I was like, you know what? I love coaching, but I feel like I need formal training. And so they sponsored me to become a certified coach. And through that process, I started coaching women on the side just to help with my skills, like not even charging them just as a way to just help with my skills and learn more. And through that process, I was like, this is what I'm meant to do. I'm going to start a business. And I have a, an extremely high tolerance for risk. <laughs> so, I think to be an entrepreneur, you have to have an extremely high tolerance for risk. <laughs> right. And so I'm also the kind of person, like once I like know what I'm meant to do and I believe it in my heart and I don't need to know how it's going to play out, um, but I take the leap. And so I left corporate America in April of 2018. And, and when I say high tolerance for risk, I was a single parent with zero savings and one client. Yep. Paying client and, or non-paying? A paying client. Yeah. It's better than when I started. <laughs> that's how, and that's how it started. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Well, and similar to you, I didn't, didn't necessarily not want to be an entrepreneur or a business owner. It just never crossed my mind. Um, and like you, I did events and things on the side and it just kind of organically became a business. Um, I also took a leap, but not as leapy as you did um, and, you know, kind of eased into it, but very quickly. And, you know, I think to be an entrepreneur, you've got to be willing to make that risk. And I think also you're as an entrepreneur, you're willing to or at least you're going to force yourself to make some of those big jumps. So talk to me about um, talk to me about perfectionism. You know, we get a lot of folks that. Uh, message us through this podcast and I talk to a lot of either new business owners or potential future business owners that say, you know, I've got this idea and I've written out my business plan or I've, you know, got all the pieces, but I just, I need to make sure it's perfect and I want to get all my ducks in a row and I wanted this and I wanted that before I, you know, do it and, you know, talk to me and us about that. How does somebody know when it's time to make that leap? How, how perfect does it need to be before they make that jump? Yeah. Um, yeah. So perfectionism really keeps us from our dreams and true success because we sit there waiting, right? For the perfect time. And for me, I knew that if I waited to have a certain amount of my savings, that it would be years. And then I would come up with another excuse as to why I needed to wait. And so it was just like, you know what? This is in my heart. I can't work in a company when my heart is somewhere else. Like that's out of integrity for me. And so I needed to make that leap. But, you know, when we're talking about perfectionism, the main symptoms of perfectionism are procrastination, constantly seeking the approval and advice of others, right? People pleasing. It's when we're stuck in a decision, right? Do I start now? Do I start later? Do I start never? We're constantly afraid of, right? Other people's judgment and criticism. So we won't even start that business because we're like, well, what if I fail? And it's, we're, we're afraid of, feel, of failure and rejection when failure is actually just a sign of success. When we are not failing, we are not succeeding. You know, it's when we're constantly comparing ourselves that can get in the way of entrepreneurs, right? When we're looking at everyone else and what they're doing, and then we feel, you know, less than that can hold us back. And it's imposter syndrome, right? Like feeling like a fraud. I shouldn't speak up at this meeting. Why am I in this room with these people? I don't deserve this. And it leads to chronic stress, burnout, overwhelm, anxiety, um, and so many other things, but it holds us back from that, those true dreams, the true success, and also action. Yeah, that's a great point. Action, for sure. So when you started, um, you said you had one client. 
you were a single parent with no savings. Did you have any other side jobs or part-time jobs or anything like that? Or you went all into the business? I went all in and it was, I mean, I would say the first two years of business were really, I mean, and it's, you know, it's daily and up and down and I wouldn't trade it for anything, but the first two years of business were, um, really scary for me because, um, I didn't know which direction to take. Right. And as someone who even I teach perfectionism, but I'm recovering perfectionist. So it still comes up for me. And I would say one of my biggest pieces of advice for entrepreneurs and people thinking of starting their business is to allow, give themselves permission to evolve. The business that I started with in 2018 is not the business that I have right now, yes. but I needed that business, but I didn't give myself permission to evolve because I thought I needed to have I had all these people telling me, you know, what is your ideal client? And you need to write that out. You need to have a business plan. No, you don't. No, you don't. You do not have to have a business plan. You do not have to have any of those things. You just need to get started because we figure out what we like and don't like from taking action. Absolutely. Well, and you know, I, to your point about let it evolve my business. When I first started our, we, I did have a business plan and it was more of a project for me to kind of figure out what I wanted this company to look like and how I wanted to run it and how we would grow it was more of a roadmap for me. But each time I update that business plan, which I've stopped doing at this point, because by the time I get it updated, we've changed again. Right. Right. So the original business plan and what we are doing and look like today, night and day, night and day. I mean, you wouldn't even think they were the same colors except for, or same company, except the colors on the business plan is the same. Right. So talk to me now that you've been in business for several years, um, you know, what does a day-to-day -day look like for you and how do you keep yourself from saying, you know, I need my schedule to be perfect or my, you don't have any employees, right? So, um, you know, has that ever been a thought, adding anybody to the mix? How do you, how do you work through and keep yourself from perfecting, quote unquote, uh, the day-to-day -day with clients, customers, et cetera? Yeah, so um, I work with some freelancers and part-time people in my business, but my goal is to hire my first full-time person later this year. And then I mean, the, the business that I'm building will have like 25 full-time employees and we will be training and working in companies all over the world but it's allowing trusting the timing of your life. Um, those were a lot. I'm trying to think of all the questions and where to start Kaylin. Um, in terms of like, for me, I'm a, I am a service-based business. And so business development, my client lead time is longer. So I'm constantly in business development mode. And as an early entrepreneur, I am constantly doing things. Like I don't always charge. I do a lot of free sure. things because I all, I'm looking at the bigger picture, sure. right? Yes. I will do this now because it's going to lead to something else later or it may not, but it's experience that I'm gaining and I get to help someone and serve. Um, one of the things that keeps me in the right mindset is my morning routine. And again, like, I have off days. It's, I'm a human, I'm, you know, things set me back. Um, I'm, I'm not always 110% every single day. Um, but my morning routine is critical to the success of me showing up every day confidently. And that comes down to, you know, what, I mean, truly every morning exercising, making sure I'm eating foods that give me energy instead of make me feel bad about myself. Um, gratitude journaling, making sure I'm reading, but sticking to that routine helps me with my discipline and my day changes. But I'm also really, um, really strict with planning my week every Sunday and looking at what's scheduled and then what do I need to get done? Because when I don't have a scheduled week, it's, or a highly scheduled week, it's easy for me as a perfectionist to compare myself or get down on myself. 
And so really like mindset is, is the key to my day to day and my success. Yeah. So to that same point, let's dive in a little deeper to your coaching. Um, I know you've done a little bit, uh, not a little bit, you've done a lot of individual coaching and private coaching, and we've done some work together. Um, and right now you're really focusing on corporate groups and things of that nature. So give us kind of a, a high level view of what a session like that would look for, for an organization or a company or, or just yeah. the process in general. Yeah. Um, and also, like, I just want to frame this as, you know, these programs did not just come to me again, day one of starting my business. It came through trial and error. Like, this works, this doesn't work. I'm still yeah. learning what works, what doesn't work. But it was just through, you know, taking massive, imperfect action. Um, and then quickly, even with my, like, with my speaking career, you know, I started and I had a huge fear of speaking. And now it's one of my favorite things to do. But it's yeah. because my first year of business, I came up with my speech and called anyone who would listen and asked if I could give a free presentation to their employees. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I was like, anyone who's willing to listen, yeah. I will do it. I need to build the skill set and I'm not going to be perfect, but I've got to get started. In terms, of how, in terms of how I coach, I do executive coaching with leaders and I do one-on-one -on -one coaching um, with individuals as well, um, with entrepreneurs. And for me, I work in three month increments because people are evolving quickly. And so I want them, we you know, can renew after the three months, but I do um, bi-monthly sessions for three months. That's my typical arrangement, but it just depends um, on the needs of the person. With executive coaching, it's a six month agreement. And then when I'm doing my corporate training, which is what I'm most passionate about, which is like the group coaching and culture change, I have a lot of variations of that, but the primary version is a two-day training where I teach people how to lead themselves imperfectly and then how they lead others. Because I believe that how we, how we lead is a reflection of how we lead ourselves. And so the more aware we can become of ourselves, the better leaders we become. Absolutely. So going back to a comment you made earlier, um, you know, when we talked about perfecting the day to day, you made the comment that you, because your service uh, and because of the nature of what you do, sometimes your process, either closing a client or working with a client or whatever is it's a longer game. Um, you know, I, we mentioned earlier and I've mentioned on several other episodes as well that, you know, when you're a service-based business and you don't have a physical product, the transaction time is much different and the process, you know, you can't walk into our store and buy something and give us $20 and then leave. So, um, how do you stay positive? You know, I think when I first started it, while I was perfecting my pitch and my protocol and whatever, sometimes I would get discouraged that you pitch all these clients and then they don't confirm. And, you know, then I learned that I'm lucky in my industry with what we do to finalize it and execute 50% of the bids that I put out. That's our percentage in the industry. Yeah. Um, for you, how do you stay positive? And maybe that looks different now than what it did at the beginning, yeah. but how do you stay positive and, you know, prevent yourself from perfecting quote unquote, um, the process when a client takes a little longer than you might hope to confirm or finalize, or the process takes a little longer or doesn't follow your normal protocol. Yeah. For me, the key to my success. And again, it took me a lot, a long time to like live this. Like I knew it intellectually, but for me, it was becoming unattached from the outcome truly and living the mantra that I cannot miss out on what's meant for me. 
because when I started my business, I would put out these pitches and I would be so attached, right? Like this potential client's going to bring me this level of success and I've got to get this person in my program. And I wasn't, and it, there was all this like forcing intention, right? Because I was wanting, um, you know, for me, it was like triggering like financial security and what I was thinking that my business needed to be. And so finally, it's like, this is not working. Like force does not work. Um, control does not work, which are all perfectionist characteristics and traits. And so for me, it was embodying the idea that like, we cannot miss out on what's meant for me. And so that put me in a mode of like constant business development because it's a volume game. Yeah, no matter what business we're in, it's a volume game. And so it's continuing to be, and so I'm unattached, right? Like I sent a proposal yesterday and it was the best feeling because I was like, I can't miss out on what's meant for me. Where yeah. old Holly would have been like, oh my gosh, what are they going to say? How should I have priced it? And I'm like, no, I'm going to price this based on my worth. And they hire me if it's meant for me. And if not, like I got lots of other proposals out there. Right. So it keeps me sane because when we get too attached to one thing or one person or one opportunity, we totally like erase all space for other opportunities. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Okay. So switching gears a little bit, I always hate and love this question. Um, as a business owner, I get a lot from my clients, but also from family and friends who don't own their own business and don't quite understand. Um, so I love and hate the question or the comment that as a business owner, it's great because you get to make your own schedule. <laughs> so talk to me about um, making your own schedule as a service-based business. Uh, what does that mean to you? And as a business owner, you know, how do you truly quote unquote get to make your own schedule? Yeah. So freedom is my number one value. So yes, like I get to make my own schedule. Um, and, but I'm working more now than I did in corporate America. And I worked a lot of hours, especially when I was working at the law firms. Um, but for me, it's about finding the rhythm that works for me, right? Like I take Friday afternoons off, but I always work on Sundays. And so it's finding the flow that works for me. Sometimes I work at night. Sometimes I don't. Um, but my schedule is up to me and I found the flow that works for me and not whatever, you know, not what works for everyone else. And, and that's really, I, I guess, how I look at my schedule. Um, I'm protective of it. Like, I don't like to have early morning meetings because I'm protective of my morning routine and my morning schedule. And so it's about having boundaries, too, um, with also building in time for yourself. Because for me, as a, as a recovering perfectionist, I, I associate a lot of my work with productivity yeah. and being busy. And so... For me, one of the things that's helped me um, build in some time to slow down is instead of looking at it as time to rest, because I do not like that word, um, is looking at it as time to receive. Yeah. And so every Friday afternoon, I like take off after 2 p.m. and it's time to receive. And maybe I'm watching Law & Order episodes. Maybe mm -hmm. I'm walking. I will do whatever I want. I do not care. But Friday yeah. afternoon, they're my time. It's three hours before I get yeah. my chance. And... I look at it as receiving time, right? Because as entrepreneurs, if we were always on the go, how are our opportunities gonna catch us? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you know, shameless plug for your coaching programs and your classes, but I would highly encourage anyone who is either newly an entrepreneur or thinking about becoming an entrepreneur, reaching out to you about some of your private coaching because that in our sessions and in some of our yeah. groups, that's a big thing we talk about is boundaries, which I am still working on goal setting, you know, things of that nature. And it really is hard. I mean, when I first started, 
I had no boundaries. I had no schedule. I had no time that I owned. My clients owned me and my time. And it made me almost close up shop and walk away because it was just, it was miserable. Um, so little plug there for that. Uh, okay. So let's talk about competitors. Obviously, while you are the best coach that's out there, executive <laughs> coach, you're not the only coach. So right. how do you, um, you know, and we won't get in, it, like my industry, there's always people that decide overnight that they're going to do these things. So I'm sure there's a lot of quote unquote executive coaches out there, but true competitors, do you consider them? If so, how do you consider them? Do they play a factor into your business at all? Um, what does that look like in the grand scheme of your business? Yeah. When I started my business, um, I viewed my quote competitors as competitors because I was so insecure. And um, I was more in scarcity mode instead of abundance. But where I am today, um, you know, we all have our own unique gifts. And again, we cannot miss out on what's meant for us. So my clients are my clients and my competitors' clients are their, their clients. And for me, one of the biggest things has been staying in my lane. Like if there are competitors that trigger me, I do not follow them on social media. I stay in my lane. Like I'm not looking at what that person's doing or what that person is doing because we don't know the behind the scenes story. We don't know how long it's actually taken them or you know what's going on behind the scenes. And so for me, it's about like believing in my dream, believing in my path and knowing I'm, I'm really living that the idea that there's enough success for everyone. And so we need to show up fully. Plus, when we are looking at other people's lanes and we're always comparing ourselves, we're taking time away from our business. <laughs> we're mm -hmm. taking time away from our craft and our unique gifts. And so it's all about just tuning out the, com the competition and really just focusing on myself. The only competition is me. Am I better than I was yesterday? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and to that point, I think a lot of times as business owners, we're constantly looking at other people and you know, no one posts on social media like wow i really bombed this client right. project or you know whatever they show things that went well and for us it's events that went well and whatever um so you're only seeing the best of the best and when you're comparing yourself to that you're not i mean every small business owner has issues with payroll or cash flow or workforce or whatever they may not have the same issues all the time but we're all struggling with something um, so to, you know, you know, great point about social media and all that. Um, and I think you recommend often unfollowing or snoozing people that trigger those, you know, feelings because it just is easier. Right. Which, if you feel not enough, when you look at someone, mute them. It's okay. It's yeah. your mental health. It's your life. And yeah. you know, it's it, again, boundaries. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you gave advice earlier for new and or up and coming entrepreneurs, um, let's talk about own, the business ownership part. Um, you know, I think as small business owners, we can all agree that there are some really rewarding times and there's some really challenging times. Not every day is rainbows and sunshine. Uh, owning a business, no matter what kind, whether it's a product-based business or service or whatever, there are really great days and there are really not great days. And I would normally use another word, but this is definitely yeah. a podcast. Um, so, you know, talk to us about, um, the most challenging part of owning or running a business or your business or whatever. Yeah. I would say the most challenging part is like when I get in my own way, right? When I am 
like when I'm really impatient, right? What I want my business to unfold at a certain, on a certain timeline. And guess what? We're not on my timeline. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so that is, that's when I get the most down now, right? Like when I get a no or when, and actually no, not when I get a no, because I get no's all the time. And I'm like, every no is going to lead you closer to a yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it's, um, it's, it's always when I get so attached to the outcome or, um, I want things to happen on my timeline and not being happy with what is right in front of me, right? When I'm not practicing gratitude, I would say, you know, that's the hardest part. And then also right now I'm in that place of like, when do I hire my first person, right? It's that, and I would say that that's like an, an issue that a lot of young entrepreneurs deal with. It's like, when do I, and, and even, you know, mature entrepreneurs, right? Where it's like, do I hire this person? It's like that in between growth stage where you're doing everything. Um, and you're you're almost ready to hire some someone but not yet and so that is the hardest challenge i'm dealing with right now is like when to hire that my first full-time employee or team yeah well and you know growth is great but sometimes growing too quickly too fast or too big too fast or whatever um is not great i suffered from that when i first started um so you're smart for taking that at the right pace. So on the flip side of that coin, what's the most rewarding part of owning and operating your own business? Uh, the most rewarding part is making your own schedule <laughs> is knowing that, um, it's like when I see my vision come to life, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I believe in the vision board thing. And when I have a client or a company on my vision board that turns into a client, I'm like, that's so exciting. Um, and, I, and, and it doesn't happen overnight. Like one of the clients that just converted, I mean, I've been working on for a year. So it's, it's when that happens. It's when someone sends me an email and says I changed their life. Um, or someone reads my book and says, I, thought, I felt so alone. Thank you for sharing your story. And so for me, it's, it's the small things like the impact, um, the individual impact that I get to make that really um, impacts me the greatest and that I get to make a difference. And I get to live my purpose um, every single day. And there's so many people that are so afraid to live their purpose and are just doing the job or, well, this makes enough money. And it's like, you can actually live your purpose and be financially secure. You can mm-hmm. have both. It's not either or it's, 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 both and and yeah. and so that's the thing that i feel like the most grateful for is that i know what i'm meant to do and i'm and i'm doing it yeah absolutely so to segue into the book i can you kind of give us the high level overview of the book um this book is about your life and you know it's got things related to business and not related to business but I have read the book i own the book and i highly i would highly encourage anyone who um is alive and living, but also anyone who's starting a business to read this because even though it's about your life and there's pieces that aren't business related, I think it all is very easily transferable and relatable to starting a business and overcoming fear and um, perfectionism and all that. So for those who haven't read the book, can you kind of give us the high level synopsis of what they would find? Yeah. So the one thing I want in my book to be, um, known for was just I share my life in like a very real and raw way in my experience and the things that I've been through because oftentimes we um, as humans diminish and minimize our life experience and so I wanted people to own their stories and to feel less alone but for me it's about um, how I overcame my addiction to perfectionism which part of that and a main part of the story is how I overcame a 10-year addiction to Adderall 
and I was addicted to Adderall from age 21 to 31. And I looked perfect on the outside. Um, I was extremely successful professionally, like had the perfect career and perfect life by whatever, whatever means anyone else on the outside would say, but I was dying on the inside and I was, um, you know, so worried about what other people would think and always, you know, body image issues. And, and I was I over, I was over identifying with my career and my, and, and my job. And, um, and so I talk about that and how I overcame it and the difficulties of it and how perfectionism comes from our childhood and it's a learned coping mechanism. And so it's really just this, for me, I wanted to write a book before I wanted to start a business because I wanted to tell my story in a, in a very real way. Yeah, absolutely. So a fun question, uh, cause I'm always curious with other business owners, you know, I think entrepreneurs and business owners have this unique piece to their brain, I guess, um, for lack of a better way to say it, you know, you've got to have creativity. You've got to have some street smart smarts. It's part crazy, part smart, part intuitive, part crazy, part just going for it. So if you, um, if you weren't doing this, if you weren't an executive coach and you weren't coaching individuals and companies and all that, what would you be doing? And it could be that this is all you'd be doing, but. Oh gosh. Um, uh, you know, (laughs) um, I don't know. When I was when I was in college, um, I was an art major, and so maybe I'd be doing that. But for me, it would be leading in some sort of capacity in a company um, because I love cultural change and leadership. But that's a really good question. I'm gonna have to think about that, Kayla. I'm sorry, yeah, I didn't answer that's that. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. So, Vitaly, tell us if folks want to connect with you in general, if they want to find the book. Uh, if they are interested in either private or, you know, coaching and executive coaching for the business, how can they find you? How can they connect with you? Yeah. So you can go to my website, which is vitalibuford.com. Um, and my personal email is just vitali at gmail. It's really simple. And so you can email me at vitali at gmail. And then my book's available on Amazon and Audible. So you can purchase that easily. But yeah, reach out if you have any questions. I love helping entrepreneurs start their business, grow their business, um, and helping leaders too. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us and for sharing with us. Hopefully, everyone listening, if you uh, you know if you're just starting or you're thinking about starting, hopefully you'll take this information and really consider it when um, trying not to perfect what you're doing. You got to take the leap and uh, let yourself grow and adjust. The key thing there is boundaries, which Tali talks about often. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate your time and for sharing with us. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Kaylin. Thanks again for tuning in, everyone. If you have a topic you'd like addressed or questions you'd like answered or even a guest that you'd like to hear on the show, shoot us a message and we'll get it worked into the schedule. Thanks again for tuning in. This is Big Ideas, Small Business.